look at that. Drum crash out and all for me. Oh, unreal. You guys are unreal. Turn to your neighbor and say unreal. Unreal. Apparently that's a word I say a lot, but I don't realize it. Unreal. 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 Who's had an unreal day? Who's got an unreal life ahead of them? Who wants an unreal girlfriend or boyfriend? Ah, good one. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, very, very good. Well, I'm going to preach for about three hours. So settle in, buckle in. You got, you've got enough cheesels to last us. Elijah's ready. Oh. I um, will say this briefly and then I'll get into it. But a few quick things before I get into my message is, number one, you have a legendary pastor who is an absolute champion. Can you give Pastor Josh a clap to thank him week in, week out for years, sowing and sowing and sowing into this area and this region, caring for teenagers I tell you, being a youth pastor is not easy an easy job. And he does it out of the goodness of his heart and with a passion for you, with a big love for you, prays for you, prepares all week for these moments. And feeds into my next comment is, let me encourage you to make youth home. Like, don't just make it a place you visit it every few weeks, once in a, in a blue moon. I'm, I'm going to find home and I'm going to lock into home. Because if you decide to do that, it will change your life. Being in youth and making it home to me changed my life. So I could actually find friends that wanted to encourage me and help me on the right path and the right journey for me. I got introduced to Jesus at youth. I had miracles take place that have forged my faith. And um, make youth home. Make youth home and encourage friends to make it home. You know, you challenge them and they challenge you. Where are you this week? Let's go together. Let's carpool, right? Pastor Josh is going to shout us knackers on the way home, apparently, you know, and then um, force him to. But make youth home. And lastly, I had this thought, and nothing might come from it. Everything might come from it. Who knows? But in a few weeks' time, if any of you are in Adelaide, on July 18 to 20, you can come to our youth camp for free. So if... If any of you are or want to come for a day or a session or two or anything like that, including any of the leaders, if you want to pop in, Pastor Josh can text me or you can somehow contact me if any of you want to come and pop in. If you end up being in Adelaide for some reason, we've got our youth camp. And so we have all of our Dreamers Youth campuses come together. We're down in the south of Adelaide, going to just pursue God, encounter Him. And I know that your life will be changed. And I pray that what will happen there, if you can come, will flow into what God wants to do in and through your life here. So just saying... If you want a little teaser for Youth Alive Conference or for moments with God's presence, if you somehow can come or want to come, I'll sort out the registration costs. It'll be zero dollars if you can get yourself there. Okay? Deal? Deal. But let's let's forget all about that. Forget all about that for a moment and let's uh, get ready because I know God wants to speak to you tonight. You've been doing a series called What? do you mean? What do you mean? And I'm going to continue that tonight, right? I'm going to continue what do you mean? And I'm going to talk about it from literally about the context of what do you mean, God? 
of areas of my life, right? I don't know about you, but have you ever thought about some things in your life that doesn't make sense? That's like, what do you mean, right? Have you ever questioned why pizza boxes are square and not round? Right? Have you ever thought about that? That's weird, right? Have you ever wondered, right, when, there's no, when the batteries are dead in the remote, why do you press harder? The batteries are dead, but somehow you try and press harder to make it work. It's not going to help anything, right? Why do we, when we say the alphabet, why do we rush L-O-M-N-O-P, but say everything else the same? Speed. Exactly. What do you mean, right? That's, it's weird, right? Why do you call a, a pair of pants a pair when it's just one pants? Why do, you do, why do we do that, right? Why do we say duck? No, sorry, 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 sorry. I messed that whole sentence up. Why do we say heads up when we mean duck? We say heads up. But then we're saying duck. It doesn't make much sense to me. Have you thought about that, right? Have you ever done a ghost poo? Right? You go to the bathroom, you drop off the kids into the toilet, right? You definitely have dropped something in there. You get up from your seat, you flush the toilet, and you look down and you're like, it's, it, I don't even flush because it's not there. Have you ever done one of those? You were amazed. <laughs> He's lost. He's, it's, 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 it's crazy. If you ever do one, come and tell me, right? Do you know what doesn't make sense to me? Algebra. What is the point of algebra? Crazy. You know what doesn't make sense to me? Why are there ads for toilet paper? Who's not buying toilet paper? <laughs> Have you ever done that? That's, they're, they're weird, right? Things, some things in life just don't make sense. What do you mean? What do you mean, why do some people, when you go to McDonald's, they can order, some of you, I bet I like this, you could order a dinner box, smash all of it yourself, I go there and I have one little cheeseburger, you wake yourself your next day and you're the same way, I weigh myself the next day and I'm five kilos heavier, but I've had a cheeseburger and you've had a dinner box. Don't you hate those people that can just eat anything and get away with it? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, it's annoy it annoys me, right? Some things in life just aren't fair. Just seem like, what the heck is going on, right? I can't work out everything. But this is what I know is that God loves the parts of our life, they're like, God, what do you mean? There are many stories in Scripture that when you think about it, are weird. They're absolutely whack. What do you mean? Build an ark, Noah, right? There has never been rain before. I've never seen anything fall from the sky. And you want me to believe that I need to build an ark so that this rain thing's going to happen and cover the earth so much that we need a boat? What do you mean? That's, that's whacked, right? How about five, lo uh, five fish, two loaves, right? No, five loaves, two fish. I got it right the second time, right? And you look at that and you go, how am I supposed to be feed 5,000 plus more? I don't, that's, whoa, Jesus is here. How is that amount of food supposed to feed that amount of people? What do you mean, God? Doesn't make sense. It actually doesn't, have you, he, John 21 in the Bible where there's a miraculous catch of fish, right? The boys are out fishing with, Jesus doesn't reveal himself to a bit later on in the story. The boy, who, anyone like fishing here? 
No one. Okay, great. One person. Awesome. So they're out fishing, and they've been fishing all night on one side of the boat, right? They're about to give up. They're cleaning their nets out, about to go home. And then Jesus is like, try the other side. Now, unless the boat is like 400 meters long, that it's like that massive. On the, like, why would the fish be all on one side of the boat and not on the other side of the boat? Just like, doesn't mean, like, how, if they've been there for hours, it doesn't, doesn't really make sense to me how like those little fishies wouldn't have come to the other side, right? And all of a sudden when Jesus says, go to the other side of the boat, put, go to the other side of the boat, puts the net down, and all of a sudden there's too many fish that nets can't even contain it. Doesn't make sense. It's whacked, right? How about Jesus walking past a blind man and he decides to get some mud and whack it in some people's eyes? Why mud, bro? <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, and spit, right? That's it's a nice little compliment from Jesus there. You get a bit of my spit in your eyes, right? That's the story to tell your family when you get home that night, right? What about this, the girl who's been bleeding for 12 years in the Bible? We're going to look up Luke 8. 12 years of bleeding, right? And just one touch of Jesus' garment, not even him. She just touches a piece of his clothing and she gets healed of this thing forever, right? You can look it up, Luke 8, if you don't believe me. But this is what I've learned is that God loves to work in the realm of impossibilities, of things that don't make sense in your life. You're like, God, why have you made me this way? Why have you given me these gifts and not the other gifts? I only lost three, but we're still going to eat them. We still have to eat them. Why is my family like this? Why am I, do I struggle with this, right? There's many things. They're like, what do you mean, God? But this is the thing, is that impossibilities or things that don't make sense are actually the prerequisite, if you know that word, actually the prerequisites for miracles in your life. Do you know why I know this? It's because if you looked at me 20 years ago, you would have seen a little, shy, timid boy that didn't feel like he could ever speak in front of anyone, who had no friends, who had low self-esteem, was fully insecure about himself, and thought he was the ugliest thing on earth. Somehow God used that, raised me up, to now lead the youth ministry that I am, and got opportunities to speak in front of you. So what could God do with you? With the things that are like, what does it make sense about me? That God could work His love and His kindness and His power and the miraculous hand of God over so that He can use you when you give Him over to you, when you give your life over to Him. There's a really cool story in Luke 5, verse 18 to 20, right? We'll read some of it together. Luke 5, verse 18 to 20, it says, Some men carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat, they tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because the crowd, because of the crowd. So they went to the roof and took off some tiles, right? So get this, you've got a friend, there's four of you, you're carrying a person on a paralyzed mat, you've each got a corner, 
and you realize the place is too full, we can't get him in, but we want this friend to get to Jesus. So somehow we're going to get onto the roof and rip off tiles. Now, that doesn't make sense to me as well, because like, I don't know if ladders were invented by here yet. So like, how are you climbing up the side of a building and four people, like, they all can't, if they're all on the same height of the building, how can they all be carrying the, the man? Or if they're below him, then the man's going to fall off the mat. What do you mean? It doesn't make sense, right? Maybe maybe a Spider-Man was used in there, yep. They come to the top, they rip off that mat, they lower the sick man on down on the, to the crowd right in front of Jesus. And verse 20 says, Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven, right? Now, that's a, that's a nice story, right? That's a cool story, that's a powerful story. But what do you mean, Jesus? The man's paralyzed, and your response is, your sins are forgiven. Who gives a rip about his sins? Look at him. He can't even live. What's the point of even living? He's paralyzed on a mat, having a nap every day, all day. It's not a good life to me. And Jesus goes, buddy, your sins are forgiven. Right? What sins? <laughs> right? You see, maybe Jesus recognized this boy's greatest need. You see, while we look at everything from what we can see on the outside, the greatest need we have is our spiritual need to be met, which is for our sins to be forgiven and the grace and the love of God to cover everything we have done wrong, everything we will done wrong, to be forgiven from the consequences of all that because of what Jesus did on the cross. The greatest need we have is for us to be forgiven and us to be spiritually well. Let me put it really harshly to you. Can you, can you cope with this harshness, right? Still love me afterwards, I pray, right? Right, just, just grab a hold of this, right? What's the point if this guy has two legs, but he's going to hell? He can have a nice little few years here on earth with two legs walking around, but if he ends up in hell, right, for eternity separated from Jesus, not in his presence, not in his love, which is the heart of God, that is the bigger deal. That is the bigger deal. So our number one concern about our lives is how we're going spiritually. And have we allowed Jesus to heal us from the inside? meet our spiritual needs and do we see the people around us our family our friends at school saying they need to meet Jesus and for Jesus to tell them their sins are forgiven and there's nothing they have to do to earn or deserve that Jesus just says to the man as he did does with you and I your sins are forgiven without having to do anything that's how good God is to us but for us to be spiritually sound whole, free, oh, that's the best place to be, that's the best place to be, but the good thing is the story goes on, right, Luke 5, 21 to 25, should we read this together, do you like those moments, let's read it together, 
but from the top. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what that they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? It is easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk. So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. So not only in this story do we realize that Jesus met the boy's spiritual need, he also met his physical need, all his other needs around us. And this boy that would have been questioning, God, why am I paralyzed? On a mat living my life in such a condition, I can't even experience any fullness of joy or life or friendship with people. God does two miracles in this boy's life. He saves him to make him spiritually well, but then he meets all his other needs and he heals him physically from his paralyzation so he can stand up, pick up his mat and walk again. This is the thing for us. In Jesus, all your needs are met. Every struggle you have, every pain you go through, every bit of loneliness you feel, Everything you need is found in Him. But the question is, do you bring your needs to Him? For this boy, he had to rely on his friends. Big faith to carry him into Jesus, put him right in front of Jesus, right? The other part that's crazy is somehow they created a police system for him to get down unless they dropped him. But then I thought he would die too from the roof, right? Sometimes you read the Bible like, how does that all happen? It's crazy, right? And they put him right where Jesus was so they could meet, Jesus could meet his needs. And tonight, no matter how big or small or whatever you face in the future, you need to know that every need you have is met when you bring the areas of your life that you go, what do you mean, God, to? Doesn't make sense, God. Why am I like this, God? This is a struggle for me, God. As you bring those areas to God, God will meet every one of your needs. Here's a personal story for you. When I was in year 12, right? Is anyone in year 12? You are too, that's right, that's awesome. I was in year 12. I wanted to get better grades than my brother. You know, it's just has to beat their siblings, right? So I wanted to do that. And so my brother got an ATAR of 80 odd. And I was like, as long as I get a bit higher than him, I'm happy. But I was like, I'm not very smart. So I knew I had to work for my grades. But anyway, I started year 12. I had to have a shoulder reconstruction because my shoulders kept dislocating. I was in hospital. And they started to keep me in because they said, when you're sleeping, you're not breathing right. Right? And uh, I said, I said, that's, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. And they ended up having uh, me in for two nights in the hospital. And the end of those two nights... Two nights, he's two nights, two shoulders, um, and they said you need to go have some tests to work out what's going on with your sleep, right? Catch this. 
And so I went to the hospital and they had a sleeping test, which was like one of those ones where they like hook up all these wires to you, strap you into a bed and say, just act like everything's normal. And you're like, I've got cameras on me. This is weird. And I'm going to have like sleep normally. That's weird, bro. That's not actually okay. But I'm like, exactly, right? You got to put all these wires off you. It's crazy. And so... um, Um, so I went and did this test, right? Then I went to my specialist, right? And, um, and my specialist turned to me and she looked at my results. And I remember him sitting there across the desk and he said, Seth, you have severe acute life-threatening sleep apnea, right? Now, if you don't know what, there it is. If you don't know what sleep apnea means, apnea means the cease of breath. So it's like you stop breathing when you sleep, right? This is what my test told me. This is crazy. Catch this, right? Catch this. I stopped breathing 97 times every hour. 97 times every hour. The average amount of time I stopped breathing for was something about 22 seconds. Every time. The longest time I stopped breathing for was 56 seconds at one time. Right? And he looked at me and he goes like, how are you even living? You would have no energy. You would not be like refreshed when you wake up in the morning. All your like short-term, long-term memory to be able to retain information, to do school, it's not good. It was not a good start to my year 12 journey, right? And I was like, God, I was doing that. And then, so I had the shoulder reconstruction. I had the sleep apnea happen and then, my sister, um, she went through a hard moment where, because of some abuse that was going on, we, my mum had to fly across interstate, pack up the house and get her home, living with us with my nephews again. There's all this stuff that was, I was like, God, what do you mean all this stuff's going on in my life? Like, God, I want to do my best. I wanted to do you 12 well, and I had a plan, but everything was getting stuffed up. And God said, Philippians 4.13, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so every time that year where I was discouraged, I was down, I was like, God, why? Why me? Why now? Why this? I just kept declaring, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Maybe you need to speak that over yourself. I can do all things through Christ, through Jesus Christ. He strengthens me. Declare that. I did you 12 with everything that went wrong waiting to get my results about a week or so before and Channel 10 called me and said, we want to come to your house to see you get open your results. I was like, God, after everything I've been through this year and now you're going to make me look like a fool to everyone to see me get these terrible results. But I was like, no worries, come over. So the whole family's up at 8am and we're walking to the letterbox as if like it's all what we normally all do together at 8am every morning, which is not... <laughs> Um, got my results and I got 93.25 for my ATAR, right? Which is which is not a 99, right? But it's a pretty good ATAR, right? It's a pretty good ATAR. I'll take that, right? 
ended up getting five awards in my high school. One of the awards was pretty much recognizing that I ran a Christian group in a public school, right, to represent Jesus there. And God turned around what was seemingly a crappy situation with things that I was like, God, why is it going on? Made me trust and rely on Him and realize no matter what goes on in the natural realm of what I see and what I feel and I go through, as I trust and have faith in Him, all my needs are met in Him and the miraculous hand of God can do things that I can't do my own strength to remind me that it's only by God. It's only by God. Matthew 19, 26, and we're about to finish up. It says, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. Everything. Why don't you close your eyes, Tom? Chuck your cheesels underneath your chair for a moment. Get back to the cheesels in a moment. Cheesels, delicious, cheesy cheesels. I want you to close your eyes if you feel comfortable. close your eyes because we can get distracted by everything. I just want to, I want us to just get our, our focus on God. His presence is here. You might know God, you might not know God, that's okay. The truth is that God knows you cares about you and I want you to think about the things in your life that you you go to God what do you mean what do you mean God I'm like this what do you mean I have to go through this what do you mean I'm struggling with this I want you to think about those things just between you and God just think about those things that weigh on your heart occupy your thoughts discouraged by what do you mean what do you mean I can see some things change I don't have to go through that second battle overcome some stuff think about those things I'm going to ask you to do something bold pray for those people that have got areas of their life that are like, I need God to do something. I'm doing, I can't do it in my own strength. I don't know where the answer or the solution comes from, but just like me and my story and just like other people in the Bible, I'm just choosing to bring my needs to God. And I want to pray for you. And I'm going to believe that maybe tonight you could get even healed and touched by God in this moment. I believe it to me in youth meetings like that but we can pray for things and as you go to school as you go back to family we can believe things can change too we can see the power of the of our prayers tonight but this i know is that god responds to faith and so if you realize tonight that there's things that you're going through things that you're walking through leaders included I want you to, to stand to your feet and say, God, I just choose to bring this to you. 
I'm done trying to do it in my own strength. I'm done trying to find the solution out there. God, I just, I don't know how to do it. I, I just need you to, to help me. Just no matter how big or how small it is, God, I just p- choose to have faith. God, anything is possible with you. And I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So on the count of three, I want you just to stand to your feet. Just close your eyes and lift your hands up. And I, and I want to pray for you if I can. And just believe the miraculous hand of God to move in your life and your situation. Say, yes, God, I'm giving this over to you and I'm believing you for a miracle. Because God loves. God loves to work impossible. My heart might be racing. Don't worry about what the people next to you are thinking. Just respond to Jesus in faith. Believe in Him. close your eyes and if you if you're comfortable just put your hands out because it's like your position to receive like you receive gifts just receive gifts just say god i'm open to your presence right god right here god right now god we just we just come before you god and we just believe for every teenager every leader that's represented in this room tonight, God. God, we just choose to surrender everything. Everything, God. Every little thing, God, that's weighing on our hearts, weighing on our minds. We choose, God, we don't want to have to carry it by ourselves. We need your help. We need you, the helper, the Holy Spirit, to come with us and to move in our lives and our situations. And so right now, God, as we stretch out our hands, we just choose to give over to you every need in our life. Every need in our life. Every problem with our identity and self-worth. Every insecurity. Every fear every bit of sin, every bit of shame, every bit of condemnation, every bit of failure, every bit of doubt, every worry, everything that holds us back. God, we just surrender it to you. We give it over to you, God. We give it to you, God knowing that, God, you can do a miracle. And so, God, for people, we pray, Lord God, let the power and the presence of God tonight comfort them, strengthen them, and may we see the miracle-working hand of God, knowing that nothing is beyond you, God. I pray for those who need healing, for those who need peace, so worried about what's going on in family and struggles. I pray peace of God for those who need a purpose, God, who need dreams and vision. You need to know that nothing can hold the purpose and plan back. God's plans are good for you. He has a hope and a future. And so those that don't have a hope and a future, I pray, God, give them dreams, give them vision, speak to them about the hope and the future they have. 
pray, God, that we would see the miraculous hand of God do miracles in our life. As we give it over to you, we trust and we believe that you can do it. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Has anyone